Well, good morning, everyone. That was a great picture in that song of what we're going to talk about today. And the drama exactly paints the picture of the struggle we have of seeing ourselves as unique and accepting the person that God made us to be. And I'm just really glad that you're here today. And I pray that each one of us uh, will leave here today seeing ourselves in a new way and seeing God maybe in a fresh way as well and everything he's called us to be. So if you would, go ahead and grab your message notes out of your program. It'll look like this and you'll be able to take some notes today. All the Bible verses we'll use will be here as well as we're going to direct you to Psalm 139 in just a little bit, and we'll be able to jump in today. Now, we're in the series, we're talking about how you and I can discover the real you, discover the person that God made you to be, to become that person in life. And our premise, our main idea that we have talked about each week, that we need to understand, and it's so important to uh, us being able to uh, comprehend this and then applying it, is right there at the top. It's the main idea. It says this. It says that you can know the real you as you know the real God. You can know the real you as you know the real God. So apart from knowing God and who he is, it's impossible to know you. It's impossible to know the person that he made you to be. So you can know the real you as you know the real God. And we've looked at that through Psalm 139, different pictures of God to help us understand who he's made us to be. And today we're going to talk about how and discover how the real you is unique. You are an original. You are a work of art. You are a masterpiece. Now, I know that just like this girl in the drama may have felt, some of you may have been able to identify with her in different ways as we watched it today. For some of you, when I say this, that you're an original, you're a work of art, you're a masterpiece, it's hard for us to comprehend. In fact, our culture does all it can to think that you can't, to get you to think you can't measure up. You're told through images and pictures and messages that come at you that you're not fast enough, you're not smart enough, you're not strong enough, you're not beautiful enough, you're not handsome enough, not rich enough, you're just not enough. And so we get those messages as we go through life. So it's hard for us to believe then that we can ever actually be enough. Now, at the same time, if you live long enough, as we kind of process life, everyone who really walks the planet at a certain point, they want to ask the questions, why am I here? What is my purpose? Why am I using up resources on this planet? Is there a bigger reason why I'm here? George Harrison, former Beatle during his dying days said this. He said, for every human, there's the quest to find the answer to why am I here? Where did I come from? Where am I going? For me, that became the most important thing in my life. Everything else is secondary. Now, these questions about who, why are we here and why are we what are we supposed to do, they go really deep to the core of our being. And the questions about whether I matter, whether anyone really, I can make a difference in this life, whether I'm unique or not, these all go deep to our understanding of who we are. And I believe the only way we can answer those questions is to know what God says and to know what God says about us. So I want to list three facts for you, just to jump in this morning, three facts that'll help you to kind of have a base or a framework for the rest of our time together. And the first one is this, God is the creator of all things. So it's a fact about God. God is the creator of all things. The Bible says God created all things. Everything is created by him. Look at what it says there in Revelation 4. You are worthy, O Lord our God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things. Would you underline that? The Bible, God created all things, 
and they exist because you created what you please. So everything that is created, the Bible says that God created what he pleased, what pleased him. So you as a creation are pleasing to God. God created what he pleased. In fact, God created you. Now, the second idea, the second fact is this, you matter to God. You matter to God. Everyone matters to God. And the way we can really understand that is that if we just have to look at the cross and see that God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for us to show each one of us how much we matter to him. John three sixteen, For God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. It's a fact. You matter to God. Third fact is this, you have a purpose. God created all things, you matter to God, and you have a purpose. You are not a random accident where two people just got together and through some unintended act caused you to exist, caused you to be created. No, God is the creator, he's the one that made you, and he created you for a definite and specific and distinct purpose. No matter what anyone has told you about your birth or about your lineage or about your potential, it's not accurate unless it contains these facts about God's view about you and how I made you. In fact, I just want to say, I was watching a, a video this week uh, of uh, a huge stadium of teenagers were at this uh, gathering and uh, Franklin Graham, Billy Graham's son was speaking. And as I was watching, he was talking to these teenagers about how much God loves them, no matter what messages they've been given. It was just kind of interesting that it was on the same week I was talking. And as it was panning the crowd of teenagers, it was amazing to me about how many of them, when they heard those words, were brought to tears because they, you could see on their faces, they couldn't believe that anyone really could love them. They could love them because of the messages they've been given. And I understand in a crowd like this that we have many people that uh, have been given those same kinds of messages. And so I just wanna begin this morning by saying, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the way that someone significant in your life has spoken to you. The message that you were given, that you didn't measure up, that you weren't enough in some way, that if you were just different, then you would be lovable. I'm sorry for that. And I know that God wants you to hear today that he Matt, he loves you. He created you. You matter to him, and he has a purpose for your life. I know he wants us all to know that. In fact, it's all spelled out in this next verse from Ephesians 2.10. It's our theme verse in the series. We read it every uh, week aloud. Let's do it again today. Okay, ready to go. We are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. All three ideas are right there. We're created by God. We're a masterpiece that he created. He created us because he loves us in Christ Jesus. He's able to give us life, and then he has a purpose for us. All three facts are in that verse, and we need to understand that. Now, let's talk, just you know, be honest for a little bit. When you got up this morning and you looked in the mirror, did you like what you saw? Now, some of us I got up really early this morning, and so it was a little more complicated to look at ourselves at that time in the morning. But overall, just say this. When you look in a mirror, are you satisfied with what you see? When you look in a mirror, are you just happy with that? Or when you look in a mirror, are there some things that you would like to change about yourself when you look in that mirror? There's some things that you just don't like. There's some things that you wish were different. If you could, would you change who you are? 
Well, what we're going to see is this, is that you may look in the mirror and you may see something that you would like to change. But here's what we're going to see today, is that when God looks at you, God loves what he sees. God loves every part of you that he has made. He loves what he sees. And the reason that you don't love yet what you see is you don't see yourself the way that God sees you, sees you as he loves you. You see what you've been told is acceptable to those around you, either by someone significant to you, as we saw in this drama just now, you've been told what would be desirable in someone else. And so you see this image that you wish you could be, and you wish you were more handsome or pretty or strong, or that you were more agile, or you were faster, or you were smarter, or you were thinner, and what we, that you've got to be this in order to be accepted. But what God sees when he looks at you, when he, you know, when he peers down at you, is that you are his masterpiece. And it's my hope and my desire that the end of our time today is that you will begin to see yourself that way all the time as a masterpiece made by God. And if we'll get this, if we'll listen to what God says about us, I believe it has the power to truly transform you to become the real you that God made you to be. Now, the series is based on Psalm 139. So if you have your Bible, turn to Psalm 139. If you picked up a lobby Bible, it's on page 477. That's where you'll find Psalm 139. And we're going to look at verses uh, 13 through 16 today as we go through this section of Psalm 139. And I'm looking for mine. And right, right there. Psalm 139, page 477, verse 13. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. He's talking about God here. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Now, because I know that you know, many different translations of the Bible available today, and we use the New Living Translation primarily here, that I also know that some of you know this verse, this section of verses in a translation that I wanted to include a little piece of for you, so because it would be very familiar. And it's the next part here. It says, I praise you, in parentheses, I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made, is what he's saying. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. The psalmist gives us three ideas, three principles that I want us to grasp, to understand, as we work to become the real person that God made us to be. And here's the first one. First one, God wants me to know that I am uniquely created. God wants you to know that you are uniquely created, uniquely created. You are not here by accident. Verse 13, the psalmist says this, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Now it was in 1965 that uh, really humankind got to see for the first time, uh, just a common ordinary person got to see for the first time, development in the womb of an infant. And it was a series of photos that were made famous by uh, Swedish photographer Leonard Nielsen. And uh, he, you know, Life magazine published undercover and then throughout the issue was pictures of a baby at different stages of development from conception to birth. Now, what's amazing to me is that these were, this photos came out in 1965. Now we have much more, you know, sophisticated ways to watch this process today. We actually have videotape of, you know, the formation of, of 
an infant in a mother's womb. But what's amazing to me is that these pictures came out in 1965 and they corroborated exactly what the psalmist was writing about two, you know, thousands of years earlier as if he could have seen what was going on himself, but he didn't have pictures. And what, it just helps me to understand how God actually can work in people's minds and lives and to get them to describe things they have not yet seen spiritual principles. And so the psalmist is writing inspired words here and saying that this is what God is saying was happening inside. This is being created in the mother's womb. Every one of us was created by God. Talked about the fact that God sees. That was our first week. He sees all, I mean, he knows all things. Second week is he sees all things because he's present. So here's the deal here. God was there. And not only there, he was participating as the DNA code was formed in this new infant. God was there at 19 days when the eyes started to develop for the first time. God was there at the 11th and 12th weeks when the stubs that were growing out that would become arms and legs actually began to move. God was there when that hand was able to make its way for the first time so that thumb went into the mouth. God was there at 17 weeks when the fingerprints are forever defined. That which would define you as a unique individual forever defined at 17 weeks of age. God was there. He was uniquely creating you. God was there at five months when hair first started to appear on your head. God was there when the hair started to fall out of your head. He was there. Psalm 139, it began by saying, God is in the galaxies. God is as far away as you can get. And it comes down to this place and says, God is there in the inmost secret place of a mother's womb. God is there. It moves to this whole realization that God is part of the process. God creates human beings. God makes them. Now, the cool thing is that God just doesn't you know, mass produce human beings. And so it's not like he's got an assembly line like Ford Auto Plant does. And so he's got an assembly line where just parts are being put on the car as it comes by and every car is gonna come out in this assembly line to look the same. God doesn't work that way. No, he takes special care in the creation process, adding just the right elements to make you to be the person that he's making you to be. So you can search the entire world and you won't find someone else with the same DNA mark makeup. You won't find someone else with the same eye makeup. You won't find someone else with the same voice recognition ability or the same fingerprints because God is creating you to be unique. He created you to be unique. Now, just know this though, and all this thing about being unique, it means that there's gonna be a lot of variety. And I believe that God loves variety, right? When you think about human beings. In fact, just look around the room right now. There's a lot of variety in this room this morning and different styles and makes as God makes people. God loves variety, but people don't. People want conformity and similarity and be able to box people into certain positions to say, this is where you fit. So instead of trying to be who others say you should be or who others appear to be, instead of comparing yourself with other people, instead of hiding or suppressing your uniqueness, as we just saw in this drama sketch, what I want to encourage you today is to embrace the fact that God created you and let it out. Be the real you that he made you to be. You are one of a kind and God likes it that way. And that's the way he sees you. Okay, second idea that the psalmist wants us to get in this section of verses here, God wants us to understand that I am 
uniquely designed. So first of all, I'm uniquely created. Now I'm uniquely designed. I'm going to skip verse 14 and come back to that in just a few moments as we make some application. But in verses 15 and 16a says this, talking about God. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. You saw me before I was born. Jeremiah says that God called him while he was still in the womb before he was born. John says, John the Baptist, that God called John the Baptist while he was still in Elizabeth's womb. God sees you in the womb. God formed you in the womb, designed you in the womb for a specific purpose. He was there in the safety and the security of a mother's womb. He's working out your design. He's forming you in that place. You are who God made you to be. You are who God made you to be. Now that word woven, it's kind of interesting. It you know, really refers to the art of embroidery. Now, I know nothing about embroidery, okay? Just be real honest about that. I just know that when you have an embroidered shirt, that that's supposed to be fancy. So I guess embroidery means fancy, right? So God is fancily making us into a certain way. And so he's combining our, you know, our linking, our embroidering, our organs together so they all function as they should. And then he puts them uh, over bones and inside of bones and he has muscles surrounding them. He has skin surrounding all that. And he's designing the whole thing specifically as he wants it to be. Now, here's what David's saying. If you can kind of maybe even put your own name in these verses or this thought that I want to give you. David's just saying this, God, your eyes saw me, David. Your eyes saw me, Lucy. Your eyes saw me, Jen. Your eyes saw me. If you just picture God seeing you, your eyes saw me, David. Not an impersonal collection of cells that wasn't me yet. You saw me as a living and essential being that you made. You designed me with great potential. See, God was involved in creating you as an original work of art. Now, I don't know about you, but I've struggled understanding this. I've struggled actually believing this at times as I've kind of worked my way through life, and I know I'm not alone. Here's what we end up doing many times. What we do is we look at others. We look at what we see in others that we wish we had. So we'll look at someone else, we'll find the perfect eyes, we'll find the perfect nose, the perfect lips, we'll find the perfect ears, we'll find the perfect torso, uh, we'll find the perfect calves, we'll find all this and we'll create a perfect individual over here and we'll say, that's who I was supposed to be is this perfect individual over here. And I just wanna say today, folks, there is no perfect individual. We were all given strengths, and weaknesses. We were all given things we really like, and we were all given things we wish we didn't have. God did it on purpose. He did it on purpose. See, the problem, no one is perfect. Everybody has flaws, and everybody has strengths. I'll never forget being in high school choir. In high school choir, you know, I came from a pretty small high school, so in our high school choir, there was probably about 100 to 110 different you know, high school kids in this choir at the time. And we're all in this room singing. And the choir teacher, I just watch her, this one day we're singing, and she's kind of roaming around the room, and she has a look on her face, kind of like I would have on my face when I'm trying to find a squeak or a rattle in my car. She has that kind of look on her face. Finally, she gets right in front of me, 
and she nods her head as if to say, I found it. <laughs> and I'm thinking, okay, because I'm singing all as loud as I can with as much volume as I can get out. I'm thinking at this time that she's stopped in front of me because she's been looking for this amazing voice that she's been hearing because she's got a solo part that she wants to give me for later on, okay? Instead, she asked me to stay after class and she uninvited me from choir. It's true, it really happened. She told me that that I would be much more gifted at speech or drama or underwater basket weaving or anything except (laughs) choir, basically, at that point. (laughs) And so what I had to do is I had to accept the fact that I had a unique design and it wasn't to sing and it wasn't to be in a choir as much as I ever want. You know, I really love to have that skill, but it just didn't happen. I want to ask, have you ever wished you were different than you are? Have you ever wished you were different than you are? See, I've longed all my life to be able to fix things with my hands or to be able to make things with my hands and figure it out. I recall when I was in the fourth grade, and I was a Cub Scout, and we were having Pinewood Derby. You guys know Pinewood Derby is you get the little cars in a kit, and then you make your car, and you go race them down these little tracks, and you get awards for who's the fastest and who has the most unique designs, those kinds of things. Well, I got to the place uh, where the races were that night. It was, I remember it was in the downstairs and basement of an elementary school, and I walk in with my little car in my hands, and I took one look at the cars that the other kids had made, and I looked down at my car, I hid it in my jacket so no one could see it. It's really true, it happened too. (laughs) That's why when it came for Ryan, my son, when he was in fourth grade, when it came time for him to do the Pinewood Derby, Kim helped him make his car, (laughs) okay? She's the fixer. She's the builder in our house. She knows how to do those things. On other, you know, on other hand, I can do lots of things that she can't do. I just can't think of what they might be. <laughs> oh, just kidding. I have a mind that's different than hers. I, can, I have a mind for numbers and details and finance and planning and crafting, ta- all the kinds of things. that you know, I just have that kind of mind. So we are different. But here's what, you know, so much of what we hear today is this. So much of what we hear today is that there's something wrong with your design. There's something wrong with the way you're made, and you better fix it. And we have people all around us waiting in line to fix us and to make us be what they believe we should be and make us believe what we've believed, the lies are that we should be, how we need to fix the flaws so we can be perfect. Every one of us, folks, every style is created and designed by God, including you, every one of us. Third idea from these verses that God wants us to understand is this. God wants me to know I am uniquely planned. He wants me to know I am uniquely planned. Now, verse 16 that it ended with, it says this. It says, every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. So what the psalmist is saying here is he's saying this, you are not here by accident. You are not here by accident. You are not just taking up space, using resources that someone else who's more important might be able to use or someone else who's more important might have to offer to this world to make it a better place. God has a plan for you. Every one of us in this room, he has a plan, a specific 
plan and purpose for you. And the only way you'll be the real you is for you to embrace your strengths, weaknesses, and become the person he made you to be. Embrace it, celebrate it, and become the person he made you to be. Now, that's great, Ron. But what about those who are born who have more flaws than strengths? What about those who are born and we label them as having defects, birth defects? What about those people, Ron? Are they still, do they still have a purpose? Did God still design this person? Are they created by him? I want to tell you a story about Millie Christine. This is from a book called Fearfully and Wonderfully Made. And Millie Christine, there's her picture. And she always referred herself in the singular, by the way, in case you're wondering, always in the singular. Millie Christine, conjoined twins, born in 1861 uh, as, as, as a slave family. And as uh, she grew up, uh, it was obvious that she had uh, a birth defect as the label of the day. And she was actually kidnapped from her family as she grew up and put into a traveling freak show. And as she would travel around, people would look at her and gawk at her and call her a freak. And she would give her, you know, the people that had kidnapped her, you know, business and they would make money off her. She was kidnapped then from that uh, traveling show into another show. She ended up traveling across Europe and America uh, in these traveling freak shows. Eventually, she was able to gain her freedom and she lived the rest of her life as a free person. As she went through life, she was able to learn and master five languages fluently. She became an accomplished musician. She, it was no, it said to her that she sang beautifully. Literally, she was an alto and a soprano at the same time. It said she sang beautiful duets. She could play concert-level piano with four hands. And she became a committed follower of Jesus Christ. And here's what she said in a poem about her own life. Two heads, four arms, four feet, all in one perfect body. I am most wonderfully made. A marvel to myself am I. I love all things that God has done, whether I am created two or one. She was able to embrace the fact that God had made her as she was. And she took it upon herself to help other people know that same God. And so she would encourage people. In fact, as she would go around and she would play, uh, she was very instrumental in many people overcoming their prejudice that they would have towards black people as they would see her and uh, just get to relate to her and get to know her. But also she was very uh, adamant and very uh, purposeful about helping other people know Jesus Christ. Here's what her cousin said about her who came to know Christ because of her. Her cousin wrote this. Because of you, I know Jesus Christ. There's nothing like being able to feel his glorious presence. Yes, we will have trials as long as we dwell here, but they are meant for a purpose. Now think about this. If you'd been born and labeled as defective, as a freak, if you'd been born into slavery, been kidnapped twice, if you had traveled around the world simply so other people could gawk at you because you were such a freak, because you had what was called a birth defect, what would you feel like? Well, here's what she said. She said this, I am a masterpiece. 
And that attitude made all the difference in her life and the lives that she impacted as well. And I just want to say today to you, like Millie, like Millie Christine, you were created by God. You were designed by God. You have been given a purpose by God, and he wants you to offer that purpose to the world. God planned you, God made you, and God wants you to be able to be his hands and feet, exhibiting him through your brokenness to our world, because that's how people will see that God is powerful. Now, how can we respond to knowing this? How can we respond? What's our response today? I want to give you three responses, kind of all fit together into one, but three. The first is this, I need to accept who I am. I need to accept who I am. Mark read these verses to us earlier from Isaiah 64, 8. It says, O Lord, you are our father. We are the clay and you're the potter. That's acceptance, right? You're, I'm the clay. You're the potter. You made me like I am. I'm going to accept who I am. We are all formed by your hand. We must accept who God has made us to be. The second one is this. I need to celebrate who I am. I need to learn to celebrate who I am. This is going to be a real stretch for some of us today to celebrate who we are. Going back to verse 14, the psalmist says, thank you for making me so wonderful. He's celebrating. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. And then from the ESV translation, I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know what he says. He's celebrating the fact that God has made him as he is. And I just want to ask you today, have you learned to say this about yourself? That you are wonderfully, fearfully, and wonderfully made. Marvelous is the workmanship called you. Have you learned to say that yet? Well, it's just an acknowledgement that says, God, I realize that I'm not perfect, but I'm exactly who you made me to be. I I'm a masterpiece. I am a masterpiece. And I celebrate the one you've made me to be. And then the last one is this. I need to become who I am. I just spend my days becoming the best me I can be. The best me I can be. Because I will never get to be anyone else. Because I'm never going to get any other design. I'm going to become the best me I can be. Psalm 119, 73. Acknowledges. You made me. You created me. Now give me the sense to follow your commands. For my purposes today, you made me, you created me. Now give me the sense to be who you made me to be. To quit fighting, to quit trying to be somebody I'm not, but to be the best me I can be. And God will give us his strength and his grace to do it. In fact, that's what the, uh, Paul's writing about in 1 Corinthians 15. He says this, whatever I am now, it is all because God poured out a special favor on me. Whatever I am, it's because God poured out a special favor on me. Would you bow your heads and let's close in prayer. So as we begin to pray, the world tells you, the world tells us that we got here by random process, that we got here by chance. And inherent in that statement is this. You don't matter. You don't matter. God says, I created you. 
I designed you. You matter to me. That's the message. That's God's message to you. You matter to me. And so God, I just want to say thank you. Thank you so much for what you've said. I pray today, God, that these truths would just begin to be deeply embedded in us so that we would just from this day forward walk out of here believing that you have made us the way we are. We had learned to celebrate the you, the, the me that you've made me to be. I'd learned to see myself as you see me. I want to ask if you would, if you would keep your heads bowed, but open your eyes and just open your palms on your lap. Just trust me a minute here. Open, just keep your heads bowed, but put your, palm, your hands on your lap and open palms up. And just look at your palms. I'm going to ask if you would to just repeat after me. I am God's masterpiece. I am created by him. I am designed by him. I am planned by him. There is nobody in the world like me. I will forever belong to him. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I celebrate the unique me he made me to be. Oh God, I thank you for that truth. And I pray today that you've broken through every barrier. You've broken through every negative word, every picture that was given every rejection that was felt. And today, everyone here is able to see himself, herself, as you do. To celebrate the strengths and the weaknesses, the package that makes me. And God, I pray that you would help us, like Millie Christine, to be able to live out your purposes in this world that we might influence others to also see themselves as you made them. May we be a blessing in our world. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to ask if you would to take your connection card and uh, on the back is just a chance for you to respond this morning and a simple response might be, help me to be me. Help me to be me. It's just a simple response. You're writing a prayer to God, just asking him, help me to see myself as you see me, God. Let's take a few minutes. You maybe have other prayer requests you want to write on there that you want our prayer team to pray for, especially during this holiday season. You might have some more amplified prayer requests. And then if you would just put those in the offering baskets, our ushers are moving into place to receive our offerings. Guests, please don't feel obligated to give financially. Just let the service be our gift to you as we get to celebrate this time together. At the end of our offering time, I'm going to come back in just a few moments, and we're going to have a a Thanksgiving booster moment to kind of get us prepared for this Thanksgiving season we're moving into. So I should invite you, if you would, to stay seated until then.
Okay, Thanksgiving's on Thursday. I know you guys are getting ready, and the kids, I believe most of the kids are out of school this week, and some of you like that, some of you don't. And I know that we have lots of things planned, but one of the things is I just don't want us to forget to be grateful, to be thankful. And so I want to help you by, we're going to watch a story, so you're going to have to watch it really closely, because it's a story we're going to look at today. And it has a deep truth that we're going to look at at the end about how even when life isn't going as we want it to be, and some of us are there right now, is that we can still be grateful. Let's watch this, and I want to pray. Wow. Will you pray with me, please? God, you're good. We just thank you so much, Father, for what you've blessed us with and how you've blessed us with yourself. And this Thanksgiving, may, even though it may be difficult, even though there's circumstances that we so wish we weren't in, we're going to look to you, and we're going to be grateful. First of all, because you've made us, because you've made us uniquely and you've designed us and God, you've given us strengths and abilities. And so help us to be grateful for the us, the me, the we you've made us to be, God. And Lord, we don't want this to be just a self-centered day. I pray that you would help us in this season that we might look to others and how we might celebrate the unique person that you've made them to be. Help that be our goal. Help that be our purpose this season, to celebrate the wonder that we see in others, the masterpiece, the originals, the works of art. We're grateful for what you do in us, God, and how you shape us. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. 